Hey, thank you so much for joining us today for our online worship experience. I'm Pastor Anthony. It is such an honor to have you join us. If this is your first online experience, let me say welcome. You made our day when you logged on, but we would love for you to do something for us. Would you jump over to NorthParkRDU.com and click that digital connect card? We would love to connect with you, mainly because you matter to God and you matter to us. And we want you to know how important you are to us. We wanna learn more about you. And we would love to walk this journey out with you. So let us know that you're watching today. Check in with us and give us an opportunity to pray some bold prayers over your life. I also wanna tell you starting next Sunday, we're starting a brand new series called Win the Day. As you can tell, we're very excited about this next series, but today, we're going to finish out our series, A Fresh Touch of God. If you'd like to follow along with scripture and notes, you can go to your YouVersion Bible app and hit the menu, go to events, type in North Park Church, and all of today's notes are going to be right there for you. Let's begin with prayer today as we dive into God's Word. Why don't you lean in with me as we pray today and ask the Holy Spirit to truly give us a fresh touch of His Spirit today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be together with our church family in this online worship experience. And I pray, Lord, that your word would come alive to us um, in a way that we desperately need it to. Lord, I pray more than just for information. Lord, we pray for inspiration of your spirit. We pray for revelation that, God, you would teach us from your word. Lord, this is the living word of God, and it is our blueprint for living. So, Lord, teach us today. And give us courage to take the steps you give us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. When I was in the second grade, I was riding the school bus home and I was sitting beside a friend. And we were having a really good time. Just some horseplay. Two little guys hanging out, having fun. And we were pushing and kind of shoving each other, trying to kind of push um, each other out the seat and... He was wearing this silk shirt. I mean, it was really cool. I mean, it was, a, it was a really impressive shirt. Had the big collar on it. I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. And um, as we were kind of tussling about, I remember that somehow his shirt got caught up in our horseplay. And the button on his shirt, top button, just popped off as we were pulling up to his bus stop where he was going to get off. And in that moment, he looks down at his button, and then he looks up at me and then he looks down at his button and in one motion came across with a right hook and hit me right in the jaw and then just ran off the bus. I think it was my first fight. It was one shot and he hit me square in the jaw. And all I can say is he better be glad he got off that bus. <laughs> I don't really know what would have happened if he hadn't, have, but I like to think I would have done something. I don't know. I lost my first fight. And the thing about it was, this wasn't an enemy. This wasn't a stranger. This was my friend. And in a moment, things turned violently wrong and I got punched in the mouth. He chipped my tooth and he shattered my pride. And I learned a lesson that day. And here's the lesson. It's all fun and games until someone loses a button on their silk shirt. That's the lesson. But there's also another lesson. Here it is. In a moment, life can take a drastic turn. In a moment, life can take a drastic turn. 
Over the past few weeks, um, we've been looking at what it means to experience a fresh touch of God. We keep talking about the hand of God. Now, maybe you would express that in terms like this. You want to move of the Holy Spirit. You want, to, you want to experience or feel the presence of God in your life. Maybe you would even just say, I need a revival in my heart. I need something to come alive spiritually in my life. And so we've been digging into God's Word, trying to figure out what that looks like and how can we position ourselves in such a way to experience that move of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just pause for a second and let me just say, I want to thank you for allowing me the chance to be real and vulnerable and raw um, as over the last few weeks, I've literally just been walking out my grief in front of you and inviting you on that journey with me because so many of you are grieving your own stuff in your life. And I know that because many of you have reached out to me and and, and, and thanked me for being real. Others of you have, have asked for prayer and shared your own stories about your own grief. And that's been life-giving to me. So I just want to thank you for allowing me the opportunity to just be real and kind of live this out in front of you. And I know to do that would be very scary for some people. But I'm surrounded by people who love Jesus, who, who love me, love my kids, and love the mission of North Park Church to build lifelong followers of Jesus. And I have been overwhelmed by your love, your prayer, and your support um, during this entire process. Again, many of you are walking out your own grief, and I just see us, in a very spiritual sense, just kind of locking arms and walking this journey of grief out together as we dive into God's Word each and every week. But here's what I'm learning. And, and each week I'm trying to share with you some lessons that I'm learning in this process. And I'll continue to do that in weeks later, even as we go into different series. Uh, but here's one thing I learned. It's a process and it takes time. And I've also learned that you can't outrun your grief. And we try to, right? We try to, get, we try to busy ourselves. We try to fill our time with all kinds of stuff. Um, some good, some meaningful, some um, actually not so great and actually detrimental, right? But we try to fill our time with so many different things so we don't have to deal with the grief. We don't have to process the emotion. But the reality is you cannot outrun that grief. Eventually, that grief is going to catch you. And so it's really important that we stop and that we just kind of embrace what it is that we're feeling and that we're experiencing. Now, as I've been doing this research on this series, The Hand of God, like I, I've discovered a lot of different perspectives on the hand of God, that phrase. Think about that today, the hand of God. And I'm sure today we're going to look at a perspective on the hand of God that many of you can identify with. Now, in the book of Job, we read about this incredible man whose faith was put to the ultimate test. Now, if you're not familiar with the story of Job, let me give you some backstory, okay? So this was a guy, prestige, possessions, people, relationships in his life, and he was literally assaulted on every side. He was decimated. I mean, he was stripped down to his foundation. But what we discover is his foundation was built on God. And as a result, he endured. 
But Job was this prosperous farmer in the land of Uz, and he had thousands of, of sheep and camel and other livestock, a large family, servants, like he had it all, right? And suddenly, Satan, the accuser, came before God proclaiming that the only reason that Job was faithful was because he was wealthy and everything in his life was going well. And if those things went away, that he would completely turn his back on God. And in that moment, Job's testing of faith began. And Satan was given permission to destroy um, Job's family, his livestock, his home. He was even allowed to attack Job physically. And Job had these sores uh, that just covered his body. And it was to the point where Job's own wife said to him, Job, you should just curse God and die, right? I mean, that's where he was. And so he had these friends that came and they didn't really offer encouragement. Instead, what they kept saying to him was, you've obviously done something wrong. You've done something sinful, something unspeakable, maybe even unforgivable that's caused all these things in your life to happen. So Job, you just need to own it, right? You just need to confess this unspeakable sin in your life and maybe just maybe God will forgive you and you can move forward. But we know from Job's stories, we read scripture, none of that was true. And in all of this, the Bible says that Job remained faithful. In fact, there's this one scripture that's really famous as it relates to this story and very memorable. And this is what it says. This is Job's declaration in the middle of all this. Job says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away but blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, think about that, right? Job, this man of incredible faith, loses all of these things that are so important to him. And his response is the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. But here's what I want you to see. That's what we remember from this story. And everything that I just shared with you, 22 verses of scripture, all in the first chapter of Job. Here's what you got to see as you dive into this. There's 41 more chapters that don't get talked about. I mean, Job is not a book of the Bible with one chapter. There's 42 chapters. And all of those things that I just described to you happen in chapter one. So what happens in the rest of the 41 remaining chapters? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Here's what's happening. Job is lamenting. Job laments. Okay, that's a word that we don't use very often. What does it even mean? All right, lament means to feel loss, sorrow, or regret, and express it often in a physical way. All right, so think about that sec a second. Job went through loss. He experienced sorrow. He experienced regret. And for 41 chapters of the book of Job, he is expressing it in a very physical way. Now, I was at a basketball game this past week, and I did not agree with the cause of the officials. And so I lamented, right? I was expressing it in a very physical way. Now, now the Bible actually gives us room 
to lament, all right? And I don't think we get that sometimes. I think we think we're just supposed to pick up and move on and yeah, bad stuff happens and we're just supposed to smile, accept it and move forward. But the Bible, I believe, gives us room to lament. In fact, there's an entire book of the Bible called Lamentations. And like, it's a whole book of the Bible that's, that's a book about lamenting. It's actually written by the prophet Jeremiah and it's, it's known as a book of tears. And it's a funeral song written for the fallen city of Jerusalem. So a whole book of the Bible, like com committed to, to this, this lamenting and expressing sorrow, loss and regret, even in a physical way. And so we are given permission when we go through difficult things to lament. Now, one thing we've been saying as a family a lot lately. It's something that Marianne has kind of taught us as a family and, and many of you have even expressed that this has spoken to you in, in a major way. And that is we have to process emotions quickly. We keep saying something as a family that Marianne taught us and many of you have expressed that it's been something that's helped you deal with this season of your own life. And it's this thought. We have to process emotions quickly, stand up, dust ourselves off and move forward, do what needs to be done. Coach Hollis would say, we've got to learn to do hard things well, right? But the thing about it is we don't ignore our emotions. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying just deal with it and move on. It's life, you just got to accept it. That's not what we're saying. Listen, right? We have to process emotions quickly. We do process those emotions. We feel them, we go through them, but we also recognize we can't live in that spot forever. Um, I've been going to a grief counselor because I think that's an important thing that we do in a grief process. And so I, I am sitting down with a professional who, who helps people navigate the seasons of their life, uh, not necessarily because everything is just like crashing in around me, but I want to make sure that I'm doing hard things well and that I'm dealing with grief in the right way. And, and so I would encourage many of you to kind of reach out to someone that could help you process grief the right way. But one thing that he described were these stages of grief that many of us are familiar with, but I think we often think that they're linear and that if we deal with one stage of grief, then we graduate to the next stage of grief and then we go to the next stage of grief. And if we can get to the end of it, then somehow we'll be healed and we'll be better. But he actually said it's not like that at all. Instead, we bounce back and forth between all of these stages and emotions of grief as we process. So we may be angry one moment and we may be um, depressed in another moment. We, we may be in denial or feel numb in another moment. And we may just bounce back and forth between these emotions. Maybe you know what I mean when I say that. You bounce back between these emotions. But he said this, it's when someone gets stuck in one stage or one spot for a long period of time that we have these red flags and realize we've got to help people out of that rut because we can get stuck and locked into that emotion. So that's what we mean by processing these emotions quickly, right? We don't want to get stuck in a rut. We want to continue to move forward in this process, um, dusting ourselves off and moving forward and doing what needs to be done. But God does make room for us um, to lament in the middle of our grief. Now listen to Job's words, all right? Listen to this. Talk about lamenting. This is lamenting, all right? Job 19. I'm just going to read a few verses of scripture starting with verse 7. This is Job. 
I cry out, help, but no one answers me. I protest, but there is no justice. God has blocked my way so I cannot move. He has plunged my path into darkness. He has stripped me of my honor and removed the crown from my head. He has demolished me on every side and I am finished. He has uprooted my hope like a fallen tree. His fury burns against me. He counts me as an enemy. His troops advance and they build up roads to attack me and they camp all around my tent. Think about that. Job's talking about God whom he loves and has put his faith, his hope, and his trust in. I mean, think about those words. I'm crying out for help. He's not answering. I'm protesting. There's no justice. Even if it feels like God has blocked my way and I can't even move, it's like he stripped me of honor. Like, like he's demolished me on every side. I can't do this anymore. I'm finished. I just can't move forward anymore. He's uprooted my hope. His fury is burning against me. And then Job even said, it actually feels like I'm an enemy of God. And many of you might say, I understand what he feels because that's exactly what I feel like. But then look at verse 21. This is the verse that just kind of got me. It was kind of a punch in my gut. This is what he says. Have mercy on me, my friends, for the hand of God has struck me. Now, we've been talking about the hand of God. We started this series with Daniel on his face before God. And all of a sudden, Daniel felt the hand of God on him, which was peace. And it was compassion. And it was love. And it was hope and God's presence. And now here's Job, who is saying, in the middle of my grief, in the middle of my circumstances, it feels like the hand of God has struck me. I go back to that kid who gave me that right hand in my jaw. Maybe you feel like because of your circumstances, somehow God has just struck you. Job is lamenting. I came across this great quote from Rich Velotis, and this is what it says. Lamenting is the spiritually mature response to sadness and sorrow. If you study the book of Job, like the chapters of Job, what you see as Job laments is he's in this conversation with the Lord. Like he's talking and he's crying out, but he's also listening. And he's giving God a chance to speak to him in the middle of his grief. I mean, that verse of scripture that we go back to so often, be still and know that I am God, is so very important. And during this season of my own lament, I've spent a lot of time talking to him. I spent a lot of time yelling at him. Some of it's been lamenting and quite honestly, some of it has been just me whining. But I'm also listening and I'm also learning. And because of that process, I think according to James chapter 1 verse 2, he's doing his best to make my faith complete. And one thing that I can see happening is my faith and my trust in Him is being rebuilt day by day. 
I have a great friend who calls North Park Church home, and she's been a part of North Park for a long time. Sherry Smitley is a great friend of mine, and many of your small group leaders, along with her husband, Zane, they're precious people. And um, she did something beautiful for my wife during her fight with cancer. Um, she found a journal that had on the front of it, God's got this, which is, you know, is my wife's mantra. And she took the time to fill many of these pages with her own writing and her own thoughts. And then she left blank pages for Marianne to be able to fill in the gaps. And it was just a beautiful gift. And I've gone back to it several times and, and read some of the things that my friend Sherry wrote to my wife. And as I was preparing for this message, I came across another one of those writings that with her permission, I want to share with you. She titled it Perplexed, But Peace filled. This is what she writes. I feel like there are many days that I question how things are or wonder why they are that way. I must admit that more than once I pointed out to God that he may have exhibited poor judgment or made the wrong choice for me. I'm not proud of those times, but I don't think I'm alone. When life hurts or it seems ridiculous, ridiculously confusing. Our human nature starts to inquire if our belief systems still make sense. Have you done that? Have you questioned whether your belief system still makes sense? She writes, God can handle my confusion, questioning, or even my accusations. I'll add, God can handle your lamenting. The fact of the matter is, I come back to the truth that God is good and that God is God. And I am not. When I lost my dad in my 20s, I was certain that God had made a horrible mistake. Taking the man that I adored, a godly influencer so early in his life, and leaving me fatherless at such a young age. In my arrogance, I told God what I thought and accused him of choosing the wrong person to call home. God took my agonizing screams and absorbed them, and he waited. He paused until I was able to listen to wisdom. It's almost impossible to hear him speak while simultaneously yelling at him. He asked me a very simple question. Who would you choose to die in your dad's place? Who would you choose to die in your dad's place? Silence. I was shaken when my thoughts finally compiled. I responded, I don't know. I don't think I should be in charge of that decision. And as the words formed in my mind, I instantaneously knew I was out of my league. Sovereign God had very kindly reminded me He was God and not me. Also, He didn't take Daddy, he allowed this life we as humans have chosen to play out. Peace returned, even though grief remained. But in the midst, peace reigned. Peace in the midst of life's storms is an enormous gift, and it's wrapped in hope, and it encourages healing. Peace is possible in all circumstances. 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, cast all of your anxiety on Him 
because He cares for you. Now, I go back to Job 19 and 21. Have mercy on me, for the hand of God has struck me. He accepted reality. He admitted what he was feeling in his lamenting. But only four verses of Scripture later, just four verses, this is what Job says. But as for me, I know my Redeemer lives, and He will stand upon the earth at last. And after my body has decayed, yet in my body I will see God. I will see Him for myself. Yes, I will see Him with my own eyes, and I am overwhelmed at that thought. What was Job saying? Job was saying, here's the truth. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't know why you chose this outcome when I was praying for something completely different. I don't know why we're having to walk through this pain. And because of my situation, I am absolutely devastated. And, come on North Park, and two realities exist at the same time. And I trust you because you are a God who can always be trusted. In those final moments, as Micah and Blair and, and I stood at Marianne's bedside, those moments were sacred and they were beautiful and they were horrible and they were extremely painful. But I'll never forget looking at my son in those moments as he was watching his mother pass from this earth to the next. I remember him saying, Dad, this is what peace feels like. This is what peace feels like. We acknowledge what we face. We don't pretend that it doesn't happen. We just know in the middle of it that He is a peace speaker who is with us just as close as the mention of His name. As Sherry said, perplexed, but peace filled. Paul said it best in 2 Corinthians 4. We are pressed on every side by trouble, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but we are never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. And that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirit is being renewed every day. Why? Because we've received a fresh touch of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we don't have to act like nothing's wrong. We don't have to put a mask on or try to live out some facade and fake it till we make it. But Lord, your word, Lord, your spirit gives us room to lament, to, to acknowledge our grief and our loss and our pain, even in a physical way. But Lord, you have also reminded us that you were with us in the fight and in the pain. And so I pray that we would process those emotions, that we would feel those things, that we would recognize what 
has been hurt and what has been lost and that we would acknowledge that pain. But Lord, that we wouldn't live there, that we would recognize that's not our home, that's not our address, but Lord, that we're gonna walk through the valley. We're gonna walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But yeah, we're not gonna fear evil because you are with us and we are experiencing even now in this moment a fresh touch of God. And I pray if there's someone who has, has not yet entered into that relationship, they've not invited you to be their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that right now in the privacy of their devotion, wherever they're watching or listening to this, or that they would just stop, that they would hit the pause button long enough to just say, Jesus, I want what that guy's talking about. I want that relationship. I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. I confess I'm a sinner. I need your grace. I ask you to wash me, cleanse me, and set me free. Give me strength to live this life for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We would love the opportunity to pray for you about anything that you're facing in your life. Just jump over to northparkrdu.com and click that prayer button. We'll pray some bold prayers over your life because those bold prayers honor God and God honors those bold prayers. And we would love for you to take this big, bold step. It's a big, bold step, but I believe God will give you courage to do it. And join a life group. We have life groups that meet in person, but we also have life groups that meet online. And so maybe you're even outside of this area. We actually have people who don't even live in the Triangle area who are beginning to jump in these life groups because they found a home at North Park Church, even though it's in a virtual way. And so we would love to get you plugged in to a life group. So you reach out to us through that website. And even before you go to bed tonight, we'll have you plugged into a life group. And finally, if you'd like to make an investment to build lifelong followers of Jesus, just hit that online giving button. And we want to thank you in advance for your incredible generosity as we continue to partner together to share the love of Jesus with people. We love you and we are so thankful for you and we are cheering you on.